This is the 56th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Julia Chesky. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Now, this week's episode, we're going to get right into it. Fox News, a train derailment in Ohio was more important than the Ukraine war. Our first clip, Jessica Tarloff on The Five, pointing out to some of her co-hosts some fundamentals about the situation in East Palestine that they were not bringing up at all. I'm a little confused about how the narrative has gone, because when this when we initially found out about this, which was 10 days too late, right, after this had happened, Governor DeWine and I believe his name is Bill Johnson as the local congressman, both said that they had turned down administration help. DeWine said, we don't need FEMA. And the congressman was, excuse me, was interviewed and said, we don't need it. It's been offered. The Biden administration has done everything that they were supposed to do. So I don't know how we now got to the point that FEMA has been derelict in their duty and, and Mayor Pete is the worst transportation secretary, you know. But they didn't seem to know about it until it showed I, up that later. Taking Will's point. We've been talking about this for a few days. There is so much blame to go around on every level here, and it is these 5,000 people. I was looking it up. Um, their average income for the households here is $45,000, and when you think that the average family in America doesn't have enough for an ER visit, right, if a kid gets sick and they have to go in to an emergency room and they don't have insurance, they can't pay through that. There's no way that these people without significant aid can do that, and that $1,000 per household that Norfolk Southern is offering what if they can never go home, right? What if they go and we find out that this is a permanent water contamination problem or, God forbid, someone gets sick? $1,000 doesn't last you very long in a doctor's office. We all know that. Um, it's a disaster, but I don't think it's – I don't think this is FEMA's fault. Oh, Judge, what say you? It's FEMA's fault. Jessica, you could just shut up now because it's FEMA's fault and we all know it. Here's the thing. I Judge Jeanine – no. Don't worry, listeners. Judge Janine did not enter my tiny apartment in Brooklyn, beat me up, and steal my mic. Although, I think if given the opportunity, she might just do that. Judge Janine would bring her three poodles with her and wipe out Odin and Thor, my small black and black tuxedo cats. Thor especially. He's small but mighty. Now, if you're new to the podcast, I sometimes go into voices of various people on Fox News. I don't know why I do this. Sort of started as an accident, just sort of kind of did it, and then it became a thing. And my regulars kept asking about it, and now I get comments about it all the time. So now I do it. It's what I do. Okay, so the reason why I played the Jessica Tarloff clip at the beginning is Fox has stretched this disaster out for a minute. And they were trying to milk um, this horrible situation in East Palestine for all it's worth. And they were comparing the disaster in East Palestine to the war in Ukraine, which is kind of bizarre when you think about it, because they're not even close to being the equivalent. Mainly because President Joe Biden went to Ukraine right before the year anniversary of the war, rather than go to East Palestine, Ohio. I think it's a little strange that they're upset about this, but that's what they were milking all last week. That was like the main thrust of the show. But I want to point something out. So every week, because I'm a super nerd, 
I go through and I count down every single minute of what, like, a segment. So if it's a seven-minute segment, write down what the topic was. Eight-minute segment, three-minute segment. And I take a huge spreadsheet for the entire week, and I add up exactly what was covered on Fox News. And this is the thing. As Fox was railing against President Biden for going to Ukraine, the network spent 23% of its airtime talking about Ukraine and only 11% of its airtime talking about the derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Can't make that up. I also make one giant transcript of all of the hours that I covered on Fox News. Last week, it was Fox and Friends, The Five, The Ingram Angle, and I picked up one episode each of Hannity and Tucker Carlson because they had Marjorie Taylor Greene on. So I, I listened to, I watched 17 hours of Fox News. So I turned it all into one giant transcript. Then I searched the transcript for words. So also for the word count, Ukraine was used 272 times. East Palestine only showed up 71 times. Russia was mentioned 239 times. Pete Buttigieg, this man that they were making out to be the reason why this derailment happened, was only mentioned uh, 91 times. And Pothole Pete appeared five times. So Fox News was guilty of doing the exact same thing they accused President Biden of. They spent over twice as much energy and focus on Ukraine than they did in East Palestine. So that's pretty funny. That was a happy accident. I didn't realize that till the very end of the week when I was doing the data and I went, oh my God, that's hilarious. So I also want to bring out some, I'm going to do North, North Fork Southern. It's the name. It's a kind of a tongue twister, the name of the railway company. So I'm picturing myself, if I were Jessica Tarloff and nobody was yelling at me, <laughs> what I would also include if I was on the five. And this is what I would say. This is Norfolk Southern by the numbers. Okay, so their annual gross profit for 2022 was $8.6 billion, up 72.2% from the previous year. Their company's profit after expenses was more than $3 billion. The company itself is worth an estimated $53 billion. Over the past five years, the company paid shareholders nearly $18 billion in the form of stock buybacks and dividends. This was twice as much as it invested in operations and railways. The rate of accidents for the railroad company increased in the past four years. So, details Fox left out. No one at Fox addressed the fact that FEMA normally doesn't pay for damages caused by corporate accidents. Think about it. If a corporation caused an environmental disaster like this and the federal government bailed them out every time, why on earth would any corporation include, in, increase safety or do anything to decrease horrible accidents like this? They wouldn't. Why would they? And again, why should taxpayers bail out a corporation? You know, they were screaming about taxpayers paying for Ukraine. Well, why should taxpayers pay for a corporation's disaster? So another misconception that Fox has been perpetuating is that no one from the federal government went to East Palestine. That is incorrect. Representatives from the EPA have been in East Palestine since February 4th, the day after the derailment. By February 21st, the EPA said that it would take control of the cleanup and that Norfolk Southern will pay for all costs involved. Now that makes sense. Let the EPA clean it up, but they're going to send the bill to Norfolk Southern. And you know, if the federal government 
wants to get money out of a corporation, they're going to get their money. So the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention sent healthcare workers, including toxicologists, to East Palestine to help the Idaho Department of Health operate a clinic. Residents can go to this clinic for health evaluations and anything they think might be related to the train derailment. Fox News included it this morning on Fox and Friends. They showed Dr. Mark Siegel out in front of this clinic, and I was cheering because I knew exactly where this came from. Now, briefly, before I switch topics, there is a newsletter, which is a printed version of this podcast, which is hyperlinked within an inch of its life. So everything I just said can be proved. You can go to primary sources. You can find it all. The newsletter is at my Substacks for Decoding Fox News. I should also, before I switch topics, briefly say that this is funded by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I am a proud graduate of that program. This podcast is also funded by listeners like you. So if you'd like to become a paid subscriber, you can go to Decoding Fox News at Substack, or I also have a Patreon for Decoding Fox News. Now, next section, we've got as angry as Fox News was about U.S. aid to Ukraine... They didn't seem to know what the amount was that we were giving Ukraine. Now, I went through, I noticed that this this number kept changing. So I went through everything from last week, searching for any moment where somebody from Fox would give a number, an actual number. Now, in this next clip that I'm going to play you, it goes from all the way from $30 billion all the way up to $200 billion. It's comical where that $200 billion comes from. We'll discuss And I have also looked up and have researched, as best I could, a simple version of how we are paying for and where the money's going for the Ukraine war. So we'll play that after we play this media clip. But this is kind of wacky because you'll notice this number just keeps changing. This is various members of... Fox News. Here you go. With Russia, you know, one, we've sent 196 billion of either committed or already sent money, whereas we're over 30 billion in the whole. Um... As the nation's right on its doorstep are nowhere near paying its fair share. We're at nearly 120 billion dollars that we have committed. The 113 billion dollars, 10 billion dollars more. In tax dollars, that's on top of the $113 billion that Congress has already approved. That's $123 billion pledged to Ukraine in a year. And then once you add a thousand other off-the-book sources of aid, the entire intel world, you're looking at perhaps $200 billion to Zelensky and his wife in 12 months. Over the last year, we've spent $115 billion in Ukraine. Doesn't our... That last voice was Sean Duffy, and he actually got the number right. But we didn't spend it all in one year. So this is all over the place. So so some hosts in that clip use terms such as allocated or pledged, which is actually accurate. While other news personalities just said, we've spent, we've spent, which is inaccurate. I also want to point out that Tucker Carlson just pulled numbers out of thin air, making this huge leap to $200 billion based on all these you know backdoor deals or whatever. And he also implied that Zelensky and his wife are personally getting the money. None of that is true. So I found three brilliant sources. I'm just going to list them right now. Council on Foreign Relations, usafacts.org, and factcheck.org that had great, easy-to-read, condensed um, 
information about where the money's going for Ukraine and how much we're giving them. So I think one of the best charts I saw was on the Council for Foreign Relations included a chart that shows the percentage of GDP each country supporting Ukraine has dedicated to the cause. Now, the chart showed that the top, I thought this was kind of sad, actually, if you know the history of these countries. So the U.S. is giving by far the most money, but the U.S. also has by far the biggest economy. The U.S. economy is enormous. California's economy, just the state of California, is larger than Germany, to just give some perspective. That's how much bigger we are than the rest of the world. So on this chart that you can't see, so I'll describe it. This is, again, countries by percentage of GDP. And the top three countries are Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, followed by Poland. Now, if you know anything about those countries, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania are the Baltic nations. They are right next to Russia. They are members of NATO. But the reason why they want so desperately for Russia to leave Ukraine alone is all three of those countries have been conquered and oppressed by Russia before, and they don't want it, they don't want it to happen again. And of course, Poland has a terrible history with Russia in terms of the Soviet Union. So they are very, very motivated to keep Russia off their back. And I just think it's very sweet. Now, Estonia only has 1.3 million people. It's tiny. Brooklyn is twice as big as Estonia. That just blew my mind. But still, the fact that they're giving like twice the percentage that we are of their GDP is kind of amazing. So the number that I found on more than one source was $115 billion in USAID. But they're meant to be paid out over the course of several years until 2032. Some of this aid is a land lease program that will be paid back with some interest after the war. Most of it has not been spent yet. So roughly $20 billion has been allocated for what's called European Command Operations, which would involve deploying U.S. military personnel throughout Eastern Europe, the intelligence supports that would go with that, and additional assistance to friendly foreign nations. So some of this money is also used to replenish weapons that we've already given to Ukraine. Now, this could be, anybody can criticize this as saying where we're feeding the military-industrial complex, or we're also just enriching defense contractors. I think that's a fair argument. But I point this out to show that some of the money that's allocated, again, always say allocated because that's how this is done, for Ukraine would actually be put right back into the U.S. economy because those defense contractors are in the U.S. employing American workers, using American supplies to make American weapons. So, it's not as much as we're certainly not giving $200 billion like Tucker Carlson just made up out of thin air to Ukraine or giving it to one person. That's nonsense. It's going all over the place. So this total spending that we've given Ukraine today would be the equivalent of approximately 2% of the U.S. budget. And that's partly because the United States budget is enormous. Now we transition into Fox can't make up its mind about the war in Ukraine. Now, in this past year, fissures have erupted throughout the Fox News network over the issue of how the U.S. should handle this war. The pro-Ukraine camp, I would call Brian Kilmeade, Sean Hannity, and Mark Levine. They're incredibly critical of President Biden, but they remain dedicated to defending democracy and preventing Putin's worst imperial ambitions. They usually say stuff like, 
Biden should have given them weapons sooner. Biden should give them better weapons, that sort of thing. I'd say the majority of Fox News hosts are sort of in the isolationist camp where they just kind of don't want to spend too much money. They might complain about the amount of money. They might be like, I don't know if this is the best thing. And then there's Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson being the most virulent, anti-Ukraine, pro-Russia voice on the network. Really, he stands alone. Ingram is sort of getting closer to him. I wouldn't call her pro-Russia, but Putin is, I mean, I just said Putin. Nice slip there. Tucker Carlson is like 100% all in for Putin. He makes excuses for Russia. He demonizes uh, the Ukrainians, calls them Nazis, the whole nine yards. So here's a clip I made, and it goes from Fox and Friends, the five, to Tucker Carlson to kind of show the full spectrum of how nutty uh, Fox News is towards the Ukraine war. After you take half the country, then you say, okay, let's stop fighting. That's the whole point. How can you have peace when an aggressor nation has already taken right. and killed and tried to wipe you out? But, uh, right. So this is why China should not be praised. This is anybody well, clear-thinking person knows this is not a real list. Well, Brian, it's my opinion. It would be a great thing if it happened. What, 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 what happened? Peace? Right. Don't you think it no, would be how a great could thing? You, how, it, because you're rewarding a country Brian. that aid another country they, this is our list let's follow this stuff let's get let's end up, this thing it's a map. screwing up if the we whole can, country we put up a map of what russia has done to ukraine no we're going to take it up a third of the country right. and you're and uh, china Brian, says keeps the country i am being like a, a majority of americans being optimistic about what happens about what? okay optimistic I, about I okay. Giving, are you giving guys, ukraine we to end? guys guys we have so many great stories we've got to get we to do. we need to talk about brad paisley comes out and he says he says well now i'm on of the nuclear treaty. I mean, things are ramping up. For what reason? Well, because a dictator invaded a sovereign democratic country and he needs to be beaten. That's the reason. How many years do we stay there? Well, until the Ukrainians get the job done, because it seems yeah. to me they're, they're prevailing a lot longer than anybody thought. But, the, right? but we, all, we know the ugly reality. The moment we pull the money out, they're dust. That argument was for Iraq. That argument was for Afghanistan. And look where both of them are now and where we are now. Yeah. So I, 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 right. at I least show a strategy. Yeah, but, but ultimately, I remember. Here's Joe Biden once again playing Churchill to Putin's Hitler. Then without fanfare or even official notice, the goal changed and became taking the Russian port of Crimea just because it would be nice to have that. Always wanted it. Why not take it now? Then the goal became overthrowing Putin and putting American tanks in Red Square because, sure, we could manage Russia once we overthrow the dictator. We're good at that. We did it in Iraq. We did it in Libya. That we should send the contents of the U.S. Treasury to a corrupt Eastern European country to facilitate World War III. <laughs> We're on Putin's side! <laughs> Now, you can see the struggle there in the Fox and Friends clip and the five. And I think those are reasonable. I'm Yes, I'm saying this. Fox News, I think within the spectrum of discussing a war, I think all of those points of view are reasonable until we get to Tucker Carlson. And then it's just like, I'm sorry, no. He says Crimea. He calls it a Russian port and acts like it's always been a Russian port. That's not true. It's a peninsula. It's actually attached to the landmass that is known as Ukraine. It's not attached to Russia. They had to build a bridge to it. So that's one thing he said. And then he jokes about you know, claiming that the U.S. wanted to invade Moscow, which 
no, I don't know where you're getting that. He's getting that off of like an off-the-cuff comment that Biden said and then corrected. And he just goes into these crazy flights of fancy and then at the at the end laughs and basically says, I'm with Putin. Ha, ha. Well, yeah, we know. It's been very obvious that you've been with Putin. So that's disturbing. It's disturbing because Tucker Carlson has the largest audience and I think the most influence on the network. Because I I understand that war is a very tricky thing to discuss and people have very strong feelings about it. Um, I totally get that. At the and and the money spent for war and war profiteering and and the military industrial complex like I, I mentioned earlier, defense contractors, all of it. Like what is this? I view it personally as democracy versus autocracy, freedom versus oppression. I don't understand why a sovereign nation can just walk right into another country and take it over. And that's not seen as just horrific. And the amount of war crimes that have gone on since the invasion are are staggering. And there's evidence for all. I mean, just the amount of civilian buildings that have been bombed to smithereens, just gone, wiped out hospitals, all of it, just horrific, children dying, absolutely horrific. The fact that there's 8 million refugees of Ukrainians spread out all over Europe. I also want to point that out because they talk about often on Fox that Europe's not, you know, spending more money or Europe's not giving more of its, uh, giving more of a share. And again, the Baltic countries, I would say are giving more than we are based on their tiny economies. But the fact that most of those 8 million refugees are scattered throughout Europe and Europe is taking on that burden of all these extra people that can't work and they don't know where they're going to, when this is going to end. And, you know, maybe they're finding work for them, but that's difficult. Um, And if you've seen any of the footage from Ukraine, a lot of times they're putting these people in like gymnasiums where they're just Here's a cot. Here's some, uh, you know, some bedding, and we don't know what to do with you. And they might make little dividers for them. It's very difficult because this is a lot of people to absorb. But Europe is doing it, and they've stood strong. Amazingly, NATO has stood strong in unison with this. So whatever your feelings are on the war, and I get it, it's very complicated. I have respect for the fact that people say this is too much money. We should stop doing this, or we're making it worse. All of that, completely, hundred percent. I get it even though I may not necessarily agree with everybody on that. But we all have our point of view. But when Tucker Carlson started talking, I just go, nope, this is crazy. You've gone off the rails. You're going pro-Russia. I don't understand that. People ask me constantly, "Is he? why is he pro-Russia? I have no idea. I can't see inside the man's head. I do know that there is a lot of overlap between the far right and a sort of affection for Russia that's seen as an ethno-state, which it is not, actually. There's more diversity in Russia than people realize. But there's this weird, bizarre fascination with it they don't quite understand. Now, I wanted to make, it's kind of an abrupt turn, but I think it'll be worth it. Because this next example was probably one of the most brazen Examples of Fox News hosts taking something out of context. I got madder and madder as they continue to do this throughout the week. This clip starts with President Biden at the White House, and I'm just going to play it. It should be self-explanatory. Honor to host uh, all of you this special evening during Black History Month uh, for a simple reason: history matters. My honor to introduce the film Till. Last Thursday. 
President Biden hosted a screening of the film Till about the life and death of Emmett Till, probably the most well-known lynching victim in the United States. Now, Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram both took his statements out of context to smear the president and to pretend that lynching and violence towards black Americans does not exist. Now, none of this should surprise us. After all, our figurehead president does zero to unite the country. He spends his time telling us how awful it is. You know, folks, lynching is pure terror. They're crimes, trying to vote, trying to go to school, trying to own a business. Lynch for simply being black. So again, I'm just going to point out that everything he just said, he's he's about to introduce a film about a lynching victim. So that's what this is, but they're taking it out of context. Now, I wonder, I wonder China laughs at Antony Blinken when he urges them to take the moral high ground. They say something like, your own president says that you all want to lynch people over there. Why should we listen to you? Biden's the same guy who just a week ago accused Americans of still wanting to lynch African-Americans. Here's Joe Biden. Innocent men, women, children hung by a noose from trees, bodies burned, drowned, castrated, lynched for simply being black. Nothing more. Hard to believe, but that's what was done. And some people still want to do that. Some people still want to do that. Who are those people exactly? So, again, uh, what I had in the original clip there that didn't really, it didn't cross over when I converted the, the clip from video, it, the audio got all screwed up, is I had a clip of the Buffalo mass shooting, which was 100% racially motivated and occurred nine months ago. So, sorry, Tucker Carlson, people still want to do that. They may not use a noose. They still target black people and kill them just because they're black. Um, I just found that so, that clip just made me so mad because it was so obvious that they were taking something wildly out of context, wildly out of context. So now when the president introduces a film about a historic figure who helped, you know, change the civil rights movement and helped ultimately end lynching. You know, his his mother's advocacy and people who came after her who used Emmett Till as a symbol of how the brutality of lynching and how horrible it was and how awful it was in the reality. Because, again, if you don't know the story, she put her son's mangled face in an open casket and had the press come and take photos of him. This 14 year old child so that the world could see the reality that was being a black boy in the American South at the time and what would happen to someone who was just simply in the wrong place at the wrong time and black. And so, yes, Emmett Till's legacy is that his mother and other advocates helped bring an end to this horrible, horrible practice. So that is how awful Fox News is. They don't even care. They will take something like that from a film, twist it, turn it around to demonize our president. And that's why they are not fair actors. This is propaganda. This is absolute nonsense. Now, the last audio clip for the week, also not related, but I really needed to include this because I am constantly asked, what is Fox News doing about Trump? What is Fox News doing about Trump? How do they feel about Trump? How do they feel about DeSantis? This is from Monday of last week. This was Fox and Friends and The Five. I just spliced this all together from two segments. Ingram Angle did not, did not go there. 
she does love this person. I'm not going to give it away. I'm just going to stick the clip in and let you hear it. Uh, she's spoken very highly of this individual, but she did not include a segment about him on her show on Monday. But I will say that uh, Donald J. Trump, former president, is a used to be at least a huge fan of Fox and Friends. And they went on and on and on. Here's the clip. Coming up, Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis slamming the far-left movement as he visits Democrat-led cities, blue cities. Hmm. We had uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of the I great state. I watched that interview. Great job. So Ron DeSantis, uh, almost as disappointed in Mayor Adams because a lot of the things that, that Ron DeSantis is saying, Mayor Adams has been saying, too. So Ron DeSantis was here in New York. He was also down in Pennsylvania where he talked a little bit about this to the crowd there. More People from New York moved down to Florida last year than any other year in right. the past. Among the people that know that Ron DeSantis is telling the truth is the Democrat Albany County DA, David Soros, who happens to be black. He Governor Ron DeSantis is saying exactly what the American people know, what Democrats understand but are refusing to say. That is Ron DeSantis' uh, be the beauty of what he did yesterday, where he went to these blue cities and said, look, Come to Florida. Maybe it's you who can learn from Ron DeSantis. Coming up next, Ron DeSantis taking his war on the woke directly to liberal cities. Ron DeSantis causing liberal heads to explode. New York City Mayor Eric Adams isn't a fan, claiming DeSantis is the one who is out of touch. But to go back on Mayor Adams attacking Ron DeSantis. And, and, you know, Dana, one of the things that Eric Adams talked about with DeSantis was that he was using the asylum seekers as props. He said that when DeSantis goes to these cities, somebody like Mayor Adams gets lured into, into a debate with him. Plus, DeSantis could probably point to many officers who have left New York, Philly and Chicago to go to Florida. New Yorkers would love for a little bit of that DeSantis attitude and muscle to help them here in the city. But I think that uh, this visit for DeSantis was pretty smart. Piers, one of the things that DeSantis talked about was how absurd our bail law is in New York. DeSantis is onto something. I would simply say to the mayor of New York, DeSantis was captain and star baseball player uh, for the Yale Bulldogs baseball team. He was also the special counsel to the commander of SEAL Team 1 That's in right. Fallujah. I yep. wouldn't pick a Twitter fight with that guy, <laughs> DeSantis, and he's going to take a lot of stopping. Again, that was just two segments, one same day. How ridiculous was that? So DeSantis did like a little brief tour of some blue cities for some bizarre reason. Maybe a pre uh, I'm going to run for president kind of situation. I don't know. And they were like, DeSantis. And I also thought it was funny how they were like, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Did you see Ron DeSantis? I know Ron DeSantis. What a great interview you had there. Loved it. His book's going to be a bestseller. <laughs> Although I should do my Ansley Einhardt voice when I do that. His book's going to be a bestseller. Bestseller. Like, what is going on there? What is going on? They also, I just, I couldn't include it in the podcast but they uh, were really worked up last week on Fox about a prayer revival that happened at some college and they kept cutting back to it. And I, you know, I just kept thinking, uh, if this was any religion but Christian, there's no way in hell you'd be showing it. No way! Because <laughs> like, like, it was basically a bunch of people just praying for days on end and I was like, Muslim, picture it. Nope. Hindu, picture it. Nope. Buddhist, nope. Uh, you know, Jewish people, maybe 
if it was in Israel. No, they never show Israel. They wouldn't show Jewish people. Nope. And I was like, yeah, nope, they wouldn't show it. They wouldn't show it. Only Christian, maybe Catholic, maybe, I mean, Catholics are Christian, but I grew up in a part of the country where people would, would, would scold you. I was raised Catholic and they'd be like, you're not a Christian. You're an idol worshiper, idol worshiper. You probably, if you're not from the Midwest or the South, you may not understand what I'm saying. Idol, idol, idol worshiper. I remember when I was a kid, people would sometimes find me and say, oh, you're a Catholic. You're not a Christian. You worship statues. And I'd be like, okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyway, so that's my weird... Okay, next section. Uh, These are stories Fox News ignored. Every week I compare what I watch on Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. And these stories are stories that were mentioned or did full segments on on the PBS NewsHour that Fox did not cover. It's always quite the list. Here we go. This is typical, the first one, because it involves a climate disaster. Fox ignores most of them. Severe rains in Brazil's north Sao Paulo state led to flooding and mudslides, killing at least 44, with many more missing. More than 750 people lost their homes due to falling earth and rock from surrounding hillsides. Now this next, this is three stories brief about Israel-Palestine, which Fox routinely on the shows that I cover at least completely ignores. On Wednesday, Israeli troops staged a rare daytime raid in a Palestinian city in the occupied West Bank, killing 11 and injuring several others. On Thursday, Gaza-area Palestinians fired rockets into Israel as a form of retaliation. No one was injured. The hard-right Israeli government moved forward with its plans to limit the power of the Supreme Court amid protests against the changes. Critics fear a limited court could weaken democracy in Israel. In a recent NPR, PBS, NewsHour, Marist poll, President Biden's approval ratings increased to 46% with all respondents and even higher to 49% 49 with registered voters. President Joe Biden nominated Anjay Bangja, the former CEO of MasterCard, to head the World Bank. Classes resumed at Michigan State after an on-campus shooting left three dead and five injured. PBS did an extended segment on the CDC's study that showed increases in sadness and exposure to violence among teenage girls. Harvey Weinstein was sentenced to 16 years in prison in Los Angeles for one count of rape and two sexual assault counts. The sentence will be added to his current 23-year sentence for related crimes in New York State. R. Kelly was sentenced to 20 years for sex crimes in Chicago, all but one of those years will be served concurrently with his 30-year sentence for sex trafficking and racketeering. Carlos Watson, founder of Ozzy Media, was arrested on fraud charges related to his fledgling company. A federal judge in Texas, appointed by former President Donald J. Trump, will rule whether or not to cut off access to a key medication used in medical abortions. Neo-Nazi protesters harassed theatergoers outside of the Broadway musical Parade. The musical includes themes about the hatred and persecution of Jewish people. Mass killings linked to extremism have spiked dramatically in the past decade, according to a new report by the Anti-Defamation League. 
Last year, 21 of the 25 murders that would meet the criteria of an extremist killing were linked to white supremacists. Carlos Medea was arrested and charged in connection to the killing of Auxiliary Bishop David O'Connell. Medea's wife worked as a housekeeper for the bishop. Ex-Mexican Secretary of Public Security, Gennaro Garcia Luna, was convicted in U.S. federal court of engaging in a continuing criminal enterprise and taking millions in cash bribes from the Señola drug cartel. PBS produced an extended segment about the Nicaraguan political prisoners released and deported to the United States. Fox not only does not mention the story, has not mentioned the story, but I've never seen anyone on the network bring up that the Nicaraguan government is run by an authoritarian who came to power as a leftist. You'd think they'd be right on that. I, my theory is they don't want to make their refugees from that country sympathetic, so they don't talk about it. The Supreme Court is currently hearing a case that could radically change the Internet. The case centers on Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which was passed in 1996. Section 230 gives websites immunity from what users post on their sites. The TSA intercepted 6,542 guns in airports last year, the highest number on record. With the exception of 2020 and 2021, during the pandemic, the number of guns confiscated by the TSA has risen every year since 2010. North Korea fired long-range missiles near Japan. The Intercontinental Ballistic Missiles, ICBMs, had sufficient range to hit the continental United States, according to Japanese officials. The job market remains strong as new state unemployment claims dropped to 192,000. Wisconsin voters headed to the polls last week to vote in a primary for a state Supreme Court justice. The last vote narrowed the field from four candidates to a conservative and a liberal judge. If the liberal wins the 10-year term, it will give liberals a majority for the first time since 2008. Whomever wins the seat might restore abortion rights in the state and change gerrymandered districts. The race is on pace to be the most expensive in U.S. history. Wow. A judge in New York barred victims of the 9-11 attack from suing Afghani banks. And that's a whole, that's so much to that story. I couldn't really get into it. The possibility that the current strain of H5N1 bird flu could infect humans remains low, even though it has crossed over to other species. Pets adopted during the pandemic are being returned at a higher rate than usual. Animal shelters across the country have a surplus of animals in need of homes. Representative David Celine will resign from Congress on June 1st to run the Rhode Island Foundation. It's a non-for-profit. He's a Democrat from Rhode Island. Forgot to mention that. Now the next section is by the numbers, which I take those spreadsheets that I make every single week and I turn them into charts and it's the five top five topics by percentage for each network. So Fox, for 23% of its airtime, had Ukraine war. 12% was the Alex Murdoch double murder trial. 11% was the train derailment in Ohio. 6% was equity as socialism, which they tried to push that last week, but it kind of got drowned out. Equity is the concept of, like, 
trying to be so more fair with different ethnic groups and all kinds of stuff. Um, and they were demonizing it and turning it into this like evil, horrible thing. And then 4% of Fox News coverage was dedicated to that prayer revival that I mentioned earlier that was um, like going on for days and it was college students praying. PBS NewsHour, top five topics by percentage, eerily matched Fox, this rarely happens, Ukraine war, 23%, artist profiles, which they do every single week, that's a staple of the program, was 12%, train derailment in Ohio, 6%, America at a Crossroads, which is a new show by Judy Woodruff, which is ironically about our split political divide that just seems to be getting worse and worse in this country. I'm fascinated by that. Um, and then the Nicaragua political prisoners deported to the U.S. They did a very long, extensive segment about that and the history of Nicaragua. So uh, words used on Fox for the week ending, uh, February 26, 2023. Again, I pointed some of this out at the beginning. Ukraine topped it at 272, Biden 262, Russia 239, China and Chinese 212, Pete Buttigieg only 91 in comparison to those. Trump, 84, East Palestine, 71, crime, 66, equity, which, again, they tried to really push but didn't really, I don't think their hearts were really in that one, were 58, border, 48, DeSantis, 38, which I think you heard all of those in that one clip, national divorce, 11, Hunter Biden, 12, and then Pothole Pete, 5, and, of course, Representative Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez made the list at one. Only one mention. It was by Tucker Carlson, who called her Sandy Cortez. That counts. So coming up this week, I'll be covering Fox and Friends, The Five, and Jesse Waters' primetime. I'm exhausted. I had a lot of technical problems this week. The cats were making noise like crazy earlier. I had to keep re-recording stuff. So I'm obliviously tired. They're not normally that active, but they were crazy tonight. Crazy tonight. If you'd like to become a supporter of this podcast, I'd appreciate it amazingly because this is a micro-budget project. And I have about six months left on this grant and something coming that I can't announce yet. I might be announcing next next week. Um, you can go to my Patreon and become a supporter that way. You can also, which is Decoding Fox News. You can also go to my Substack at Decoding Fox News and become a paid subscriber. And if you'd like to just donate once, there's a little dollar bill next to my face at my Twitter. You can do it that way, or not at all. Just tell your friends to listen to the podcast or share the newsletter. Share the podcast. That also helps tremendously. You have no idea. This project continues to grow every single week. And I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. My cats, Odin and Thor, who were driving me crazy all night, also thank you. And I will see you at the next podcast. Thanks for listening.